We are the A. Atlanta, you know what that means. This is Brad Gazan of your MLS champion, Atlanta United. Atlanta has an unmistakable spirit, energy, and pride. And at Mercedes-Benz Buckhead, we are the A2. Mercedes-Benz Buckhead is Atlanta. Community-driven and passionate about what drives you. Test drive the new 2019 A-Class starting at 32.5 at Mercedes-Benz Buckhead and find out why we are the A. Mercedes-Benz Buckhead. Online at MercedesOfBuckhead.com. It's the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. I can't imagine people 50 years ago wanted to say, let's run. On July 4th, one of the, probably the hottest days of the year. 50 years of traditions. I'm excited to do the Peachtree every year, but this year I'm most excited about the 50th anniversary t-shirt. 50 years of champions. Atlanta, it's a great city, the course, the atmosphere. 50 years of Atlanta's July 4th tradition. It's just exciting being around that many people in one race. Let's get you ready. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. The 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race just two short weeks away now here with Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club. I'm Jennifer Perry and we know a lot of you are getting excited about this race. Jay, we were talking last week here on the Peachtree Podcast that there's a record amount of prize money, bonus prize money up for grabs at this year's race among the men's elite, women's elite, also the wheelchair division too and one of those people who is hoping to break that record and cash in this year is joining us on today's podcast. Yeah, she's the defending champion of the Shepherd Center Wheelchair Division at the AJC Peachtree Road Race, Susanna Scaroni. And since winning at Peachtree last year, she's made a lot of headlines in the world of wheelchair racing, setting a world best in the NYRR Mini 10K in Central Park just uh-huh. two weeks ago. Wow. Almost well, three weeks ago now when you're hearing this. And she has her sights set on that event record for the women's division of the wheelchair race here in Atlanta. 2209, the mark set by Edith Hunkler in 2009 and if anybody can break it it's Susanna Scaroni not just under her own power but pushed by one of the greatest wheelchair division fields I've ever seen in any race not just the Peachtree but in any race anywhere in the world all gunning for that record also joining her will be Manuela Schar of Switzerland who's won the New York City Marathon two years in a row and of course the most decorated athlete in Peachtree history Tatiana McFadden seven wins here was second last year but she'll be going for number eight this year and a training partner with Susanna right yeah absolutely they have a great group out there in, in Champaign, Illinois, where uh, a lot of the top wheelchair racers here in America train from everything from the 800 meters to the marathon. It's going to be super competitive. Now, speaking of competitive, you're going to give us a sneak peek a little bit later on today's episode of the Elite Field joining us for this year's race. Yeah, we're going to talk about the lineup, all of these people coming here to Atlanta from around the world to chase that $50,000 bonus for setting the event record in either the men or women's foot race or the men's or women's wheelchair race. Uh, And we've been the U.S. championship here at Peachtree for the past couple of years, but this year going for a world field as we went and recruited the best 10,000 meter runners anywhere on the planet Mm -hmm. to get them to come break that record. We want that record to fall. We want to give a $50,000 check to one, two, three, or maybe four people this year. And the lineup coming to Peachtree on the 4th is certainly full of names that, that could do it. Now, some of the names that might not be recognizable are all those people along this race route, Jay, who make this race happen every year. The unsung heroes of the AJC Peachtree Road Race are really the thousands of volunteers. And we're going to talk today with a coordinator who's helping put all those pieces together for this year's race. Yeah, to me, it's one of the toughest jobs here in the organization or at Peachtree is getting the 4,000 volunteers that it takes, nearly 4,000 volunteers to put on the AJC Peachtree Road Race and making sure that 
they're all communicated with. They're all where they're supposed to be on race day. They have their volunteer gifts that they're supposed to get. It's an incredible amount of work, uh, and we couldn't be more thankful for the people who come out here and give up their time to uh, volunteer for this race, because without them, it doesn't happen. Inspired by your favorite Cliff Bar flavors, Cliff Energy Granola is a delicious way to kickstart your morning. Available in delicious flavors like white chocolate macadamia nuts, cinnamon almond, blueberry crisp, and cocoa almond. It's made with hearty clusters of oats, nuts, seeds, and dried fruit to deliver sustained energy for adventures big and small. Well, the AJC Peachtree Road Race is a labor of love for the thousands of volunteers who work hours and hours to ensure that the race is not only the world's largest 10K, but the world's greatest 10K. And with just weeks to go until race day, it's not too late to be part of that very important crew that makes the Peachtree happen every year. We talked to Atlanta Track Club volunteer manager, Tina Shogren to find out what spots are available and what spots always go first. Tina, tell me a little bit about, we're two weeks away from Peachtree, what volunteer positions are left? We have star positions everywhere, but we have a larger need on the course for course monitors and at the finish area for ambassadors. And those areas, both of them, they're highly engaged with participants in the community and keep the runners safe on the course and cheer them on, help them get through it. Course monitors is a really important position. Can you tell me a little more about what a course monitor does from the start of their day till the end of the race? So they're going to show up and they're going to be placed by their crew chief. Um, And then they're going to find a place on the course where they're keeping participants safe by making sure that traffic's not coming in on the road. They're working with the police that are there in their areas as well. But they're going to engage with the participants as they come through, cheer them on, keep them going when they may be feeling tired, and just keeping an eye on things to make sure that things are running smoothly and safely. So many people wanting to be involved in the 50th running of the Peachtree, and I know some of the volunteer positions filled up really quickly. What is always the first thing that you see fill up? So if I'm on a volunteer for the 51st, what should I be ready to sign up for on day one if I want to do it? So everybody wants to be at the expo. For some reason, those two days fill up really fast. Um, at the course on race day, um, I would say probably t-shirts is a very exciting area to be as well. So if you really want to be at t-shirts, you want to get in there quickly. Such a wide range of volunteers from people who have been doing it for 45 years to people who have been doing it for the, are doing it for the first time. What is the biggest question you get from first time volunteers who are maybe experiencing Peace Tree for the first time ever? What got them to get there? A lot of people coming into the city, it's friends that tell them about this awesome race they want to be a part of. Um, One of the confusing things for volunteers is a lot of volunteers assume that they get a bib with their volunteer registration. That's not a part of it, but you do get to participate in a different way. So you said they don't get a bib, although a lot of volunteers do run if you're in a specific position, but you do get so much as a volunteer. Can you talk about some of the things that the volunteers walk away with on July 4th? Our volunteers at the Expo and on July 4th, um, when you register to volunteer and you you volunteer, you receive a volunteer t-shirt. This year for the 50th, they will also receive a volunteer hat. They will get a 50th commemorative volunteer pin, a Waffle House discount key fob, and a Home Depot apron. People talk about the finisher shirt, the coveted finisher shirt, but I think that the volunteer shirt is the sleeper shirt because I always think that that is the coolest shirt that anybody gets around Peachtree, and this year, no different. Yeah, and there's no contest to do that. We get to kind of just do that on our own, but I feel like you know the volunteer team really knows what the volunteers want each year. 
you were right. The volunteer shirts are pretty awesome and a lot of times um, maybe more coveted than the participant shirt. But we do, I mean, the, I think the volunteers, it is a very special thing to them to be able to get those and participate in that way. It's the same amount of pride, just like there's pride for the people who have been running it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. There's a real pride amongst the volunteers who have been there for one to two to three to four to five decades. Yeah. So when you're around our office, you'll see a lot of times the volunteers that have been with us for a long time, they come in with their ancient Peachtree volunteer shirts, and they are very proud of those shirts. I don't think a lot of people realize how many people it takes to get 60,000 people from their expo. Well, even before that, from registration to the expo, from the start line to the finish line. Can you really overstate the role of volunteers in this event? No, I mean, just around race day. I mean, we have 3,500 total for the event. Um, but any time in the, in the weeks leading up to the race, if you come in the office, you're going to find volunteers somewhere working with us in some role. So setting up at the park, setting up at the start area. Um, you have the volunteers that are out there on the course making sure the course is ready. So they're all over the place, and it, they are key to making this work. The volunteer staff here at Atlanta Track Club is only three people. How do you talk a little bit about the communication process? How do you talk to 3,500 volunteers and make sure they all get the messages they need to hear for race day? So we send um, newsletters to the volunteers. We send um, one each month, and then as the event gets closer, then we send it every week leading up to the event. Um, We send the newsletter. They receive their confirmation email that has the instructions. They get information from their crew chiefs leading up to the event with um, the information specific to their volunteer assignment. So a crew chief, for those listening who don't know, is the leader of an area, a volunteer team. How does one become a crew chief? So our crew chiefs are another special group that we have, and typically there is an application process for the crew chiefs, um, but a lot of times they are just folks that have been either in that specific area for a long time or have worked with the race for a long time and are brought into that position to help lead that crew. Some of the jobs that volunteers do, you'd never think that a volunteer does. You think that's got to be somebody who's getting paid to do that. What are some of the things at Peachtree that you might not expect to be done by volunteers? Our course director, Jack Abbott, he plays a very key role and is a volunteer. Our um, head water guy, Mike Atticavage, is amazing out there um, leading the water charge and not paid, but volunteers countless hours leading up to the event and on race day. Runners are so happy to be out there and and finish the race on July 4th. What can they do along the course at the finish at the expo to say thank you? Um, Thanking your volunteers as you're going by. Just uh, they're out there and they're excited to see you, but getting the feedback from the participants that you know, they appreciate them being out there. That's awesome as well. Just give them a little fist bump. Hopefully they're giving you a fist bump too, but you know, just smile, thank them, acknowledge that they're out there for you. It's not too late to sign up for some of those last minute volunteer opportunities. What's the way to get involved? So if you go onto our website, if you go to atlantatrackclub.org slash volunteer, you will see upcoming opportunities. Click on the link for the AJC Peachtree Road Race, and it will show you what is available for registration currently. And you can pick one of those jobs. We'll show you the descriptions, and you'll be able to see what's going on. Peachtree Junior? There are maybe a hand, literally a handful of spots available for Peachtree Junior. So if you want to get in there, get in there quickly. Everybody wants to work with the kids. All right, volunteers, we need you. If you want to sign up, hop on the website today, and we'll see you on July 4th. Mowing the lawn, finishing your deck, Trimming your bushes all require trips to the Home Depot. I know we all do it a lot during the summer. The Home Depot, whether it's lacing up running shoes or pulling on work gloves, 
Today is the day for doing. The Home Depot, more saving, more doing. The AJC Peachtree Road Race, celebrating 50. If you're one of the 60,000 runners who've registered for the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, congratulations! You've been automatically entered to win a trip for two to Seoul, South Korea in March of 2020. The winner's trip will include two round-trip tickets on Delta, four nights in a hotel, and entry into the Seoul Marathon. Stay tuned. The winner will be announced at the Delta Runway to the World VIP Dinner on July 3rd. Find the rules and regulations online at atlantatrackclub.org slash celebrating50. Last week here on the Peachtree Podcast, we mentioned that if you don't normally get to the AJC Peachtree Road Race early enough to see the wheelchair division start things off, you might want to change those plans this year because it's going to be super competitive with the field of athletes that's coming in for this race. And that includes defending champion Susanna Scaroni, who is back to defend that Peachtree title and maybe pick up some bonus money along the way, too. She joined Jay on the line this week to talk about defending her title and also what the Peachtree really means to her. As people are listening to this, we're about two weeks away from the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Obviously, your season's going very well, and um, we'll talk about that in just a second, but how's your training two weeks out? You know, it's really good, so I say that as a, it's very similar to last year's preparation. Last year went really well, and I can always trust my coach to put us where we need to be when we need to be there. So, you know, I'm feeling a little bit fatigued after last weekend's racing, but uh, that's pretty normal and expected. We just kind of went through a light recovery day this morning and will gradually be building back into Peach Bay. What does race week look like for you training wise? Is it mostly light uh, recovery runs or are you, are you doing workouts race week? Because our sport, because drafting is such a pretty big element of our sport, you need to be able to bring up your high speed quickly. So even on a race week, We'll do high intensity interval training. We'll back off on the volume aspects. You don't really need to press your system at that point, but you do need to continue to get up to those like biomechanical paces and speeds. You've had such success at everything from the 800 meters to the marathon. How does the training differ between an 800 and a, and a marathon and a 10K? You're probably, I imagine, focusing on the 10K right now. What's the range of mileage you, you'll get up to? Yeah, that's a good point. So when we are more going into more marathon specific training, we will draw out our trainings into usually two a days. So we can get about, you know, 20 almost miles per day in. We'll just break that up into two sessions. But when we're backing out of that, as I said earlier, we focus more on high intensity. So we won't do quite as many steady road pushes. However, we'll be on the track doing lots of 400 meter 1200 meter, um, that kind of range of intervals and getting up to really high speeds as quickly as possible. But honestly, you use the same skills you use in an 800 in a marathon in wheelchair racing. There's a lot of consistency throughout the year in our training. Because you've had such success in all these events and, and you race them all on a, on a fairly regular basis, do you have a favorite distance? Um, it's so hard for me to know because I think they're all different. And I love them all for different reasons. So I have to say, though, I like the marathon a lot because you get to spend more time doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love I love the track races more and more. It's just they're so different. So I really actually do enjoy track racing mm -hmm. as well. The 10K has been especially kind to you recently. Yes. Uh, congrats on your world best in New York uh, a couple of weeks ago. D just tell me about that race. I mean, did you go in knowing that you were fit and ready to to run that kind of time? 
To be honest, I went in, I had no idea what was going to happen. And in fact, I kind of expected uh, Tatiana, who was pushing really well as well, to probably beat me that morning. Um, just because coming back from Switzerland, it was a pretty quick turnaround. We had been on the track for two weeks. So I wasn't sure exactly where I would be on a climbing course, but I just gave it everything I could. And I was actually kind of surprised, but very pleasantly so. And I'm in a new racing chair this year. So I was also surprised that the time was so much faster than it was last year because I felt very fit going into it last year also. Um, and didn't know if I could go faster than last year. <laughs> so I feel really good. What modifications did you make to the racing chair? Well, so now I'm in a carbon racing chair as opposed to aluminum. So there's less flex. And the biggest difference for me has been um, just kind of without that flex around my hips, um, I'm sitting slightly higher than I used to sit. But I've worked on it all winter long and throughout the spring. And I now know how to push this chair really well, clearly. So it's been good. You came into Peachtree last year. I wouldn't say you came in as, as the underdog, but whenever you come into a race and also in the field as someone who's won it seven times, the focus is on that person. But you're coming back this year as the defending champion. So do you do you look at it differently or do you do you see it differently as you as you enter into race week? Yes and no. Uh, I would say no because I approach every race pretty much the same. Um, I'm going to do everything I can do and... I know that preparation is where I like to put my mental energy in, too. Uh, so race day is just really what I can do that day. But if there is something coming off of a year like last year, just knowing I can do it, that just changes things a little bit. Like, it just gives you a little bit more confidence in yourself, I think. The big draw this year, and the reason I think, one of the big reasons we have such a great field this year, uh, is that $50,000 event record bonus. Yeah. Obviously, that's going to be in your mind when you get to the starting line on Absolutely. July 4th. yeah. Like you said, like it brought in a really great feel this year. So, and that's what it requires to break that as well as the good weather conditions that day. But um, I am like ecstatic. I think it's going to be a fun race like no other because of that. It's going to be in everyone's mind. And so, yeah, Manuel is really, really good on downhills. And so every, my goal is to like not let her gap me very much off that first downhill because it's a short race comparatively to like a marathon and uh she wants that bonus prize as much as we do <laughs> how much of it do you work together and then at what point do you say all right it's it's everyone for themselves it depends on the distance in a 10k which i think is one reason why i'm pretty strong at it you can kind of go off at the front a little more easily in a 10k than, than opposed to a marathon so I think it'll be a really intense race. Otherwise, it'll be that like cardiac hill that <laughs> Will's like, it's okay guys, we can all just go now because it's like everyone for themselves down the hill at the end and not trying to like die going over those people. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have the two top American wheelchair racers in the in the country, arguably you and, and Tatiana, and you get to, you spend a lot of time training together. That has to make you both much better athletes. Absolutely, that's one of the that's one of the golden features of the U.S. wheelchair racing women's field is like we train together and we train with the men. So like our mixed training group makes everyone just incredible. I want to go back to the beginning for you. How did you get into this sport? So um, I grew up near 
near Spokane, Washington, and was fortunate enough that there is a junior adaptive sports program in Spokane. So I grew up with, they're called Parasport Spokane, and uh, I started out playing wheelchair basketball and fell in love with it, and then they were like, okay, track practice is starting on Sunday, and so I fortunately have a really supportive family. They were willing to drive me an hour for both basketball practice and then track practice every week. Um, and I just fell in love with the community. I had I gained so many friends during it. That's what you know fed my passion to do it. And then I made junior nationals my first year. So that just kind of like continued my interest and drive. And it was really because of my proximity to being close to a, like a junior program. Um, not every kid has that same like one hour drive. It can be like a flight to even get to see other kids and check And actually my coach, she, I think my very first Peachtree, I was 10 that I came to. So like, she knew of Peachtree. Peachtree's always, it's got this long history of supporting the wheelchair division. And that draws wheelchair racers from all over the world, including young juniors up in Spokane. Um, so I've come to Peachtree ever since I was a kid. And it was one of the reasons I'm here today because you don't get a ton of options to see adult wheelchair racers when you're a kid in a wheelchair. And Peachtree and Bloomsday, for me, were two of those places I could do that. And Bloomsday, a little easier to get to for you, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the things that we hear about all the time is on Cardiac Hill, which you just mentioned, going by the Shepherd Center. And we're always told, we talked to Becky Washburn, who's the uh, coordinator for the Shepherd Center division last week. And she talked about that moment when you guys pass the Shepherd Center, what that means to the patients in the Shepherd Center. What does it mean to you to see them all out there cheering you guys on? Oh my gosh, it means everything. I feel like that is what drives me right now as a wheelchair racer is the fact that I really see clearly how influenced I was by adult wheelchair racers and now to be that person um, and the stage has gotten bigger and bigger as my career has extended and so now that just means more and more people can see that there is more that they can do and that they can do whatever they want to do. And that's everything. I could never want anything more in my life than to help somebody see what they're capable of. I just love that. I love that about Cardiac Hill. And I, I love climbing hills and then to know that the patients are there. It's like the best part of that race. I will say, as uh, if your competitors hear this, uh, or anybody in the foot race hears this as well, that not many people say, I love climbing cardiac hills. So, no. <laughs> so that no. makes you dangerous right there, that you're enjoying that part I of the race. So. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about some of the other things you do. You just, you're working on your degree in nutritional science. You're really into, yep, cook, yep. into cooking. What's your pre-race go-to? It's a little different from a marathon to a 10K, but what I would say for a 10K is really quickly digestible carbohydrates. So I'm gonna have probably a cereal with like soy milk, low in fat, but high in carbohydrates um, and low in fiber that morning. And then probably, oh definitely, I'm gonna have coffee with at least one shot of espresso in it. And that's what I like to have before a race. After a race, thinking more about some protein and carbohydrates to recover, but before the race, you just want quickly usable fuel. I always wait for nutritional experts to tell me it's okay to drink coffee before a race. Everybody who tells me that, I just mark it down in my book as, this is okay, I can do this. Yes, definitely. That's what you, I mean, if you're ready for it, like that's what you need. <laughs> uh, last question for you. If you, you get, if you come across the line and you've 
gone faster than 2209 what's your fifty thousand dollar splurge well i think i'm gonna give half of it to my coach (laughs) (laughs) then um i don't know probably saving it (laughs) that's the smart answer i think all right i feel like that's what grad school has taught me (laughs) right well susanna scaroni will definitely be a contender to defend her title at the 2019 ajc peachtree road race susanna thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today Thank you so much for your patience, and um, I'm looking forward to the race. We'll see you in a couple weeks. As a proud sponsor of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, PNC Bank is committed to all those who are working toward their next goal. The PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. All rights reserved. Well, we hope we're not breaking any heat records this July 4th for the 50th running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, but we are hoping that some records will be broken that day. Jay, there are a lot of different cash prizes on the line for the different divisions here, and you actually released the list of the elite field this week. Tell us who's going to be competing for some of those $50,000 prizes. We thought that in the 50th year of the AJC Peachtree Road Race, we'd really go back to what the race is known for, and that's for having a world-class field, the best 10,000 meter runners in the world coming here to run through Atlanta on July 4th. And to do that, to draw in the level of talent that we're going to see this year, we decided to put a $50,000 event record bonus on the line for both the men's and women's foot race and the men's and women's wheelchair race. Uh, it's, an, it's a prize unheard of uh, in 10 kilometer racing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's never been a $50,000 event record bonus for foot racing at that distance. And for the wheelchair divisions, it's unprecedented. Right. It's in no of. distance anywhere in the world has a wheelchair racer had the potential to make this much money in one race. So we're going to see some really exciting racing in all four major divisions from some really exciting athletes. We'll start with the men's division. And in that race, the men's foot race division, the headliner is a guy, a 19-year-old kid from Kenya named Ronix Kipruto. And you may not know Ronix's name, but when he goes by, you won't be able to miss him because he'll be moving really fast. <laughs> he just ran 26.50 on the track for 10,000 meters. 26.50 on the track for 10,000 meters in Stockholm uh, in the end of May. That's the fastest time in the world this year. Wow. And just a couple seconds off the world record on the track. His PR on the roads is 27.08, which he ran last year in Central Park. A hilly course, lots of hills in Central Park. 27.08. That's the fastest time ever run on a record-eligible course in the United States for 10k now the peachtree event record i won't go into too much of the minutiae of, of how that's different but the peachtree event record is 2704 peachtree is not a record eligible course because believe it or not even with all those hills it's a net downhill even with cardiac hill it's a it's net okay. downhill yeah and it's not as a point-to-point course mm-hmm. which are not uh, eligible for records but the peachtree event record is 2704 and if i had to if you asked me one person in the world who could maybe take down that incredible record set back in 1996 it would be ronis capruto uh, Capruto will have some competition. His own brother, just a year oh, younger, okay. hasn't raced a lot internationally, but Bravin Kip too uh, was the 10,000 meter gold medalist at the African Under 20 Championships. That field, you can imagine, pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares in a race with uh, with an international field here in the United States. And then Joffrey Koech, 27.18 on the roads, is the third fastest time in the world last year. He's run that. He'll be here. And then we're going to have, I won't call him a dark horse, but he's, uh, his name's not often mentioned in this bunch, but he did win Peachtree in 2016, and he's won a lot on the roads this year, already winning the Lilac Bloomsday 12K and the Beta Breakers 12K. Gabriel Gay of Tanzania coming back to try to win Peachtree again. You never know. I mean, he does have a history of doing well on this course. He's a great road racer, so yeah. we'll see how he does. Let's switch over to the women's field. Obviously, in episode two of the Peachtree podcast, if you didn't listen to that one, 
you got a sneak peek a little bit earlier of one of those top American women who's taking part in this year's race. Yeah, two of the top American 10K runners will be here this year. Emily Sisson, who, as you say, we talked to in episode two, coming out from Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll be her first time running since she raced 223.08 at the London Marathon in April. That's the second fastest debut ever by an American woman. Mm-hmm. It's a really quick marathon time. Uh, and then she'll be joined by Alephine Tulliamook, uh, who won this race in 2017 um, and also running really well this year. She was the top American at Boulder Boulder in May and placed third in the uh, Rotterdam Marathon back in February. Both of them already have those auto qualifiers for the Olympics and the marathon. They're looking to contend here in 2020 at the U.S. Olympic Marathon team trials. Um, but first, they'll have to come here and run a 10K. And, and both, you know, both could be on the podium against a really strong international field. What about uh, other racers in that particular field, Jay? It's going to be tough to get on the podium in the in the women's race. And that's because Bridget Cosguy is the headliner of the race. She is the 2019 Virgin Money at London Marathon champion. She hasn't lost a race in almost a year. Oh, wow. So she's not going to be looking to shed that uh, distinction anytime soon. Uh, she's definitely going to be going for that $50,000 bonus uh, and that event record here at Peachtree. She's run 29.54 on the roads, which is lightning fast. The event record here at Peachtree is 30.32, set by Lorna Kiplagat uh, back in 2002, a fellow Kenyan uh, of Cause Guy. And I would say she's the odds-on favorite to win the race. She also won the Chicago Marathon last year. She's on fire. She's going to have to face one of her toughest competitors in the world, fellow Kenyan Fancy Chemutai. Chimutai has run 104.52 for the half marathon, which is the second fastest time in history. But she got beat by Kazguy at the Houston half marathon this past year. Uh, so she's going to be a fierce competitor. If, if nothing else, they're going to push each other to those fast times. And then, of course, you can't count out Edna Kiplagat. Kiplagat uh, is the 2016 AJC Peachtree Road Race Champion, won the Boston Marathon in 2017. She's 38 years old, but she's not showing any signs of slowing down, and she'll be in the mix. If age is a factor, I mean, look at last year's men's champion, Bernard Lagarde. I mean, that doesn't necessarily make a big difference anymore, Jay. It doesn't. Bernard Lagat was 43, oldest uh, person to ever win the Peachtree. So we could see that again and again. Kip Lagat's run here before. She's run well here before. And she's shown, you know, even recently that she can hang with the, with the youngest and toughest competitors in the world. Of course, you mentioned last week, too, that wheelchair division and talking to Susanna today. Man, that money is a great motivator for these athletes who've always been about winning, but that's a huge motivator for this crew. I'm so excited to see this race. It is a who's who of wheelchair racing anywhere in the world. We talked to Susanna, and we talked about Tatiana McFadden coming back, the seven-time Peachtree champion. She's pushing real well right now as her training partner, Susanna Scaroni, just said. Manuela Shar will be, come back to Peachtree for the first time since winning here in 2013. She's won the last two TCS New York City marathons. She's from Switzerland and one of the best wheelers in the world right now, also winning uh, Tokyo and Boston marathons in 2019. So she's on a bit of a hot streak uh, and will look to uh, to take a title for the first time here in six years. On the men's side, Daniel Romanchek looking for his third Peach tree in a row. Number three. Number mm-hmm. three. And last year, he missed the event record set by Selma Mendoza by just under two seconds. And he certainly has that in mind this year. We've already talked to him about that a little offline. And, and he's really excited to try to go faster than 1838 to break that event record that stood since 2004. But he's going to have to face a group of guys who have won Peach tree in the past. Ernst Van Dyke of South Africa is coming back. He won here in 2001, still racing really well. Krieg Shabort, always, always in the field here. He's won the 
Peachtree five times, latest in 2015. He'll be there, and he's, he lives here locally, so he knows the course real well. And Josh Cassidy of Canada has won twice, 2010 and 2013. He'll be here, but perhaps the toughest competitor for Romanchuk is Marcel Hug of Switzerland, who is uh, looking to claim his second Peachtree victory 10 years after he won for the first time. He won in 2009. He's the 2016 Paralympic gold medalist in the marathon and 800 meters, and he holds the world record for the 10,000 meters on the track. So it's going to be a very tough, very fast field. How exciting is this for you to be there at the finish line and see if some of these records are going to be broken on July 4th? I'm a little bummed because I actually am not there for the wheelchair finish. I I get there right before the women's finish, and I catch the men's and the women's foot race finish. But the wheelchair finish, I'm going to have to watch that on my phone. I'm going to probably have a couple of phones just going back (laughs) and forth between Twitter and the wheelchair feed. Uh, It's going to be a great thing to see. It's a downhill finish. Mm So they're going to come flying at speeds over more, over 35 miles an hour, and I think it's going to—I don't think it's going to get shattered, which I think is what's going to make it really exciting. I think we're going to be within seconds of this event record, so we're not going to know until they break that tape whether they've got it or not. It's going to be exciting right down to the very last tick. Well, if we needed anything else to make this race extra exciting this year, I think that's going to be it. So looking forward to seeing how this elite field, this worldwide elite field does on this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race. For the rest of us, it's all about the t-shirt. We're going to talk more about some of those Peachtree traditions in our final episode of the Peachtree Podcast leading up to this year's race next week, Jay. But uh, what else can we expect coming up next week? Well, you're going to want to know about race week. So those traditions, a big part of it, but also the expo, the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo. And we've got some really cool additions there this year that I think uh, people are going to be really excited to hear about. I won't even spill it yet, but let's just say we'll (laughs) all have a chance to run the world record. Well, stay tuned. And of course, join us here again next week. Continue your training. Just two weeks to go. Thanks for joining us on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.